0: Hello and welcome to the Dublin J podcast show Wheeling in the Ears with me Kieran Wheeling This week I'm joined by a special guest and another legend of the blue jerseys One of nine children, born in the inner city educated in Belvedere College and a stalwart of St. Vincent's J club, I'm delighted to be joined by Jared Brennan
1: You know, you've you supported us all year You know, all the games down the country, uh, Westmeath Port East, Park up to Derry and Leeds in Park and whatever your support wouldn't have done the job today thanks very much i think just before i go to our management to the family girlfriends boyfriends to the players everyone involved just uh there's not a lot of work that goes into playing for your club team and the county and there's always an awful lot of support We're just there behind us and people don't often see that so i'd like to give thanks to all our families and friends thank you
0: Jerry, you're very welcome. Uh, I was obviously a special day climbing the steps of the Hogan stands to to lift that All Ireland club title.
1: It was a nice moment, all right, Willow. And uh, great name of the show, by the way. Yeah, I like it. Very good. Yeah,
0: that was picked <laughs> by uh, Alan Brogan, all right. Yeah, it's a little bit cringe-worthy, but you know, we'll, no, see, we'll okay. see how it sounds Yeah, yeah, then, yeah. You
1: know? yeah. Um, some people might think that uh, with me and you here today, uh, we could have two of the biggest uh, chins or jaws <laughs> uh, in the one room. <laughs> that's,
0: that's certainly a record, yeah. yeah absolutely. No, uh,
1: it was a great moment and I would have been fortunate to have played as, with Mossy Quinn as captain when we won in 2008. And Mossy uh, is someone I've always looked up to and still do in terms of his leadership and um, to be able to follow in his footsteps was uh, certainly a great moment for me. And, Special uh, day, yeah. Yeah, definitely, yeah.
0: So, listen, let's let's begin at the start. I suppose, uh, growing up in North Dublin, inner city, uh, one of nine children, um, you know, how, how how was life back when you were younger? What what, what brought you towards GA Games?
1: Well, uh, I suppose my family, uh, my dad and um, his, his brothers would have all been heavily involved in sport, but primarily soccer. And... I have a, an uncle, Thomas, who passed away since. He was the All Ireland champion for cross country. Uh, I have an uncle, Fran, who played soccer for Ireland and Drumcondra and Dundalk and Shelburne. And I would have played a fair bit of soccer myself at Belvedere down in Fairview Park. Gaelic Games was really introduced to me in St Vincent's Primary School up in Glasnevin. And so was Mr. Murphy, I can't think of his name. First name, but uh, he was my, he was my uh, coach and I was from fifth and sixth class that I began to get involved with, whether the, the month school was founded at that stage, but whatever primary school tournament was uh, was in place and I suppose through that, Mark Cooper would have been in my class, uh, a brother of Niall and Johnny's and he would have asked me up to the mini leagues up in the Fina when I was 13, 14. And that's probably my earliest memories of uh, of Gaelic Games, but soccer was the the mainstay really. So how did Vincent get hold of you then? So Vincent's got hold of me, I suppose a couple of reasons. Um you could certainly look at the, the factor of my Mida having a, a soccer mindset and by that he would have seen that Nafina, my particular team Bar, you know myself and a couple of a couple of others, uh, Barry McCarthy, James's brother, Aidan Devons, um, You know we were a team that was maybe struggling, and I was going from playing a rugby game at nine or ten in the morning in Navan Road, to go and playing a soccer game with Belvedere or Weftit and Finglas, or going playing uh, then going playing a Gaelic football game with Nafina, and we tended to get a hiding with Nafina the whole time. So uh, that so was you, a So a you went medal chasing in Vincent's, did you? So, well, under me that's <laughs> <laughs> guidance. There's also, uh, I would have started in Belvedere as well. And through Belvedere, Bobby Doyle's son, Ronan, we would have been good pals um, in school. And he was obviously involved with St. Vincent's. Um, so Nafina set me up to the uh, Dublin Development Squads, which just happened to be taking place in St. Vincent's Club Grounds. And through my friendship with Ronan, that, I kind of became interested and drawn towards going to uh, Saint Vincent. So I joined when I was under fifteen. So there was
0: there was no nobody of legendary status like Dave Billins or Brian Mullins or Bobby Doyle that kind of gave you the tap on the shoulder and said, "Listen, son, we'd we'd like you to come part of our our, our club." Now. No,
1: definitely none of that. <laughs> definitely none of that. Um, no, I I I was very much, uh, yeah, medal hungry. I was probably driven and ambitious, and uh, even at that young age, I was. And again, my dad would have played a big part in, in kind of directing me towards uh, a club or a team as it was then. that would give me the best chance to progress and develop. And um, I, I was certainly content to go and compete with uh, St. Vincent's.
0: So obviously, you know, leading up to the first county final in 2006 and your first five, six years uh, playing with Vincent's, who, who, who were the key people in the club at that stage? Who were the biggest influences in your career in terms of your overall development?
1: At that stage, I would have to say Mickey Whelan and Shane O'Hanlon, and I think it was a, a tag team operation they had with me in trying to lure me more towards Gaelic football. I was very much interested in looking at the rugby, and I would have played senior cup in that in 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 Belvedere, and you know I was looking at some of. My classmates and teammates in school who were on some of these Lancer development the squads and academies, and you know when I compared myself to them, I said I'm definitely in the same bracket. You know, if I'm not slightly uh, beyond. Bigger um, chin, though. But uh, bigger chin, absolutely, and bigger ego. <laughs> as I'm talking here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really bigging myself up, but um, so I I I hit 18, 19, and I was you know in the on the 21 Dublin team, was still playing a bit of rugby. But uh, Mickey would have um, you know gently along with Shane, you know, brought me closer towards what my real passion was and is Gaelic football.
0: And would you rate Mickey as probably the best coach you've I, played under during your career?
1: Absolutely, yeah. He's he, more than just a coach, but definitely. A life mentor as well and how he lives his life is certainly his honesty his 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 kindness his uh, blunt compassion Um <laughs> we've, all been, we've all been
0: on the end of that the times. end of
1: that so you might know he's fully agree with him uh, at the time but I guess a man of his wisdom and expertise sees the bigger picture and in fairness Mickey as I got to know him over the years you know he, he he's not always right but you know he'd say it as he saw it and you know, you kind of grew and developed from there. But he definitely gets the best out of players, definitely. Yeah. So 2006, I suppose you you
0: reach a county final, lose UCD, um, and then 2007 is the the big breakthrough year, winning that county title. I suppose that was a that was a landmark moment. Yeah, Within sir. the club it was the first club title. I suppose they would beaten UCD back in the early 2000s 2000 and 2000.
1: No, they lost in mm, 2002 against two. UCD as well. Right. And I think it was 2002. Lost and the 2006 final against UCD as well. Very disappointing that particular game. It was I think let's go back to maybe 77 or eight when they won the last county championship. The club. Um, so it was a massive uh, deal. Uh, certainly 2006. We lost the game at 11-10. We went behind once in the whole game. But lost O'Malley kicking the winner, from what I can recall, who subsequently joined us then. Um, a couple of years later, but Ossie's a great fella too. But yeah, very disappointing. Um, we had a young team in some ways with the likes of Pat Kilroy and um, other lads, John Calvert were there with their experience, but we certainly learned from re- mistakes going into the next year's campaign. And certainly as a player, my my uh, training for the 20- 2007 All- uh, the County Final. The club started about a week later, I'd say, in terms of yeah. my mindset, well, you know. So. Well,
0: 2007, I suppose, was, in terms of Dublin, was the, the breakthrough, and then you, you came into the Dublin panel, and I suppose the jer Brennan in the Dublin panel was obviously one of extreme faith, uh, football and ability, but also... An extreme sinner. Extreme sinner, uh, and a bit of a messer. And I suppose I remember particularly uh, one one training camp we were away in a hotel room and I think we are all hanging out in a hotel room and um, somebody left their phone behind and I think he picked it up and sent a text message to everybody in the in his phone book at the time I think it might have been a club mate of yours uh, and yeah. diamond Yeah. and I remember sitting in the room thinking to myself have you done that in me I'd burst them <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't Not, have done <laughs> 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 on <Not> you.
1: <past age. laughs> but there's there's
0: a few legendary stories that uh, follow you around. I suppose one particular one is uh, a particular night in training where somebody might have put deep heat in your shorts, uh, and there was
1: revenge as a result of it. One
0: talks through that.
1: Well, uh, allegedly. Um, you know, someone first of all did put DP in my, in my shorts uh, or my boxers after training one day and I suppose it took about five minutes for it to kick in and a couple of cold showers later. But uh, I can appreciate a good gag and I enjoyed it. So I obviously um, had my suspicions of, as to who was involved, but allegedly one particular training session when I wasn't on the field. Um, allegedly. Allegedly, but... Uh, I, there was a hammer and uh, a set of nails floating around the dressing room, and uh, I just happened to nail someone's shoes to the uh, the training table as uh, uh, some sort of a revenge, I guess you know. <laughs> <laughs> <I> nail <laughs> the shoes a, and their their their
0: whole.
1: No, outfit. just no, just the shoes. Just, really. the, just shoes. the shoes. Yeah, um, just the shoes, and pull the 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 tongue back over with the laces so. Uh, now I was obviously clever in getting out of there for the aftermath but I had a few lads teed up just to uh, to uh, record the uh, the reaction yeah. of uh, this person who uh, I was seeking revenge on, you know. Would you care <laughs> to name the person, no? Well, uh, for, well for old Tiernan, Tiernan Diamond, we've, we've shared a few gags, alright, but uh, A bit of messing over the years, but uh, no, Tiernan's a great fella and he can appreciate a good joke. And, yeah. I appreciate his side of things too and uh his, his, his younger brothers are on the team now as well and uh and other they're, stories of putting,
0: putting watermelons and washing machines and, and uh washing up liquid in kettles and stuff like that were, were they yeah. just regular kind of gags
1: the i, I saw always with the older brothers <laughs> and my eldest brother eric in particular just growing up at home and going out working with him and building sites and Houses over the years during the summer You, you were educated up. I was educated And I was generally the uh, the butt end of a lot of uh, of these gags So uh, I thought it would be interesting to try a few of them out In my own time But uh, we, we did a great one now with a fella before And actually was in the Scouts for years But uh, we were sleeping on mattresses in um, in uh, a hostel in, in, in Scotland And uh, a lad Gavin Spellman and he was absolutely conked out. So four or five was then we, we we, we carried his mattress really evenly and uh, took him out through the fire escape and took him out into the forest uh, while he just did his sleep. <laughs> and he woke up there uh, the, ne- <laughs> the next morning and <laughs> didn't know what was going on. So, that was one of the funnier moments. It was, really, it was really well planned out. It was good teamwork because we had to keep everything nice had to keep the balance. It was the balance, good, yeah. He didn't budge. Good leadership. Yeah, yeah good leadership, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, as well, getting back to, to 2007 and Pillar calls you into the panel um, and you and you play in 2007. Uh, lose the semi final against Mayo. Um, that was your first year in the Dublin jersey. Um, I noticed when you retired, you you didn't speak with great fondness about that first couple of years in the panel
1: Yeah, I I I, I suppose I've been that we've won a couple of All Irelands, and you know, it's 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 difficult not to compare. different management styles of the managers you played under and while they would always maintain and always advocate for how well certainly you were treated whether it was medical stuff for expenses or gear or stuff with with, uh, with pillar or the harness vouchers that used to be flying around which was great.
0: Um,
1: (laughs) That was brilliant. (laughs) as a younger wasn't, yeah, uh, wasn't that many of them there? wasn't that many yeah but to me one <laughs> maybe, maybe one a month for a few months well, Dave Billings used to drop me maybe it was just Dave i me, that was just Dave Billings right, yeah, yeah looking after the students but uh, no I, I suppose I felt frustrated uh, at the time Relo, uh, I couldn't understand how the the team was was, was losing uh, in big games and that new things weren't being tried and for me Again, from my uh, subjective anecdotal experience, that the same things—if you keep doing the same things—you'll uh, probably yield the same results. Which for me was apparent. So I wasn't—I felt like I was worth a shot in the half-back line, um, certainly 2007, 2008, and um, I was probably a bit stubborn uh, uh, in how much or how. It was obviously a brave decision to opt out in yeah. 2008 yeah it was um, well I would have met with Pillar and we would have spoke about it and I remember meeting him in Store Street and I I kind of wrote down my couple of thoughts going down and I was obviously nervous I was only 22 or so and um, I I, I kind of went down and I don't think he was I think he had 5 or 10 minutes of a break uh, and he was maybe just he's a better seed young fellow on the panel and uh, it's a tough job trying to manage 30 40 lads and keep them all interested and but anyway, I hit him with a, a kind of an A4 sheet of uh, my observations on how things were going as 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 a group and for me personally, and some things he 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 thought about and other things he, he disagreed on. Uh, and the primary one was was um, me being given a shot come championship this year, and uh, he said that I wasn't there yet, and I disagreed, and I uh, was suffering from fatigue. <laughs> but anyway, that was the call at the time for the, for the management of the team, and. I went off. must have been a tough time though. Yeah, it was a tough time, yeah. Everyone was advising me uh, not to do it. You had to suck it up and go through your apprenticeship. And uh, I felt that I I, I agreed with that to a point, but I also felt if you were were good enough, you were old enough. And I felt that I was definitely worth a shot at that time. Um, And that the same mistakes were going to be made the whole time.
0: So I suppose 2008 was probably, outside of Vincent's, more time was spent in... uh, the old triangle pub, which yeah. there is a rumor there was a there was a code message for for given to you if anybody coming through the door was going to recognize you. You're hiding <laughs> down the back. Is that, is that, is that another true story? That,
1: the great thing with the old triangle is that most of the lads that drink there, they, they can't see about two yards in front of their faces. So uh, unless you're coming right in close, they don't know who's <laughs> in there drinking. So it's suited me down to the ground. But uh, ah yeah, I, I, I my eldest brother Derek got married in Sorrento that year, uh, that summer. So. I was obviously going, I'd planned to go for just a few days in and around training and come back. But I obviously took an extended break then. I think I went off for maybe four or five weeks or that. And um, got to see a bit of Italy and stuff. So it was a nice experience to you, you know.
0: So the appointment of Pat Gilroy, 2009, came left to centre. Mm. Um, but obviously that gave that was a huge motivation to you.
1: Yeah, it definitely was. And I was actually walking over the bridge... Um, the canal bridge going into Jones's Road, and the request of actually Pillar to do he was involved with uh, a youth engagement program. And being from the uh, north inner city, he asked him to get involved, which I was helping him out with. But anyway, I, I, I received word then that Pat was had been named as manager, so I picked up the phone to Pat and uh. I was one of the first things I said was that uh, must I'll come re- back. He <laughs> must really be stuck for, for the manager if you were <laughs> to get the job. <laughs> so I think Pat's uh, response was I'm going to I'm gonna run the F and S H out of you, fat boy, he says so. <laughs> <laughs> So it was grand. i will see you in a few months. But uh, <laughs> so that was that conversation. Yeah, it was left field, and no doubt the um, Kevin Heffernan and uh, some of the older guys, um, uh, you know, used their influence there to bring Pat on board. And then Mickey, obviously um, being involved,
0: was a huge yeah as a coach, you know, you. And, and and and
1: you know if you look really. Uh, as I began to listen to the stories of some of the uh, the players from the '70s teams, as I've gotten to know them, you know Mickey was heavily involved in a lot of those uh, victories and those campaigns as well, working in the background with uh, Kevin, um, in terms of how the team would play and the setup and stuff. And he's always been a great thinker of the game, Mickey, a great tactician, and I know he would have influenced Pat while Pat played under him for those years with Dublin and uh, indeed with the club. And I think between the two of them, I thought they were a great balance. Um, uh, you know, and I obviously respected the usually. I, I, Mickey, had been my coach since under 17th with the Dublin development squads, and obviously as a senior player with the club. And obviously through playing with Pat, I, uh, I knew what what he was about as well.
0: And he he changed the system of play. Mm. Did that benefit you in terms of playing at number six?
1: Yeah. Well. Again, Mi Mickey I, I was a centre forward and midfielder with Dublin minors and development squads coming up and the first time I ever played centre back was a challenge game with Dublin minors up in up in Nurry against down and Mickey played me centre back and I, I I thought it was woeful. I felt so out of place and um still woeful but um Mickey stood stood by me and worked with me and he obviously saw that this was a role um that I could fit into and I know that for any success to occur you need strong foundations and I think in Gaelic games foundations has to, has to begin with uh, the defensive unit and while Dublin under Pillar played a lovely attacking style we were probably vulnerable um, defensively and left ourselves open so I think Pat and Mickey were able to uh, see that that was the major problem and to come up with a solution, and then they began to add strands to our offensive play. Once we got the foundations right. You
0: know? So talk us through <coughs> 2011. Obviously that special year.
1: Yeah, it was definitely one of the one of the toughest years uh, from a training perspective. That's I certainly I certainly ever undertook. And when you say toughest, what was what was different about it? Just, just the yardage, the miles put in early morning training sessions. Um, up at half five, six in the morning. Down um, in Clontarf Where else did we train? We trained over New UCD a couple of times You were, you were you doing know. double sessions at the time Training tra- 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 yeah. in the morning and training in the evening Training in the morning, training in the evening And, and uh, again that was something that we did with Mickey When we won the Club All-Ireland in, in, um, in 2008 That winter period We lost the Plunkets in 2007 In the Division 1 League Final We played poorly And we were getting carried away with ourselves So it was a good loss to uh, incur at that time and then we started doing early morning training sessions over over the winter, which um, and was that was, was,
0: was that the biggest shift in terms of the the standards. That it was the first time teams were actually training twice a day and uh, put huge demand on on, on the body physically yeah. and mentally.
1: there's there's a couple of benefits. The obvious one is the physical be- benefit in the in the short term. It was and the longer mental term, challenge? But it was the mental challenge to say that you are in the heat of battle and we're in a quarter final or semi-final as Dublin had been reaching for a few years and not just making the, mark, making the grade. But then you can kind of recall consciously or subconsciously the hours that you put in, getting yourself out of bed, a quarter past five, lying awake in bed till about half one, two o'clock in the morning out of fear of missing the alarm clock and eventually getting two and a half hours sleep, going training that day, or that, that morning and then I was lucky, I think I was still a student they were just teaching at that time. So get a bit of a kip in in the afternoon, go train that even. But mentally, you knew that I'd, I I I I had done more than my opponents, and when it came down to the last ten minutes, I'd have more on my legs.
0: I know re- reflecting reflecting on that after winning is is obviously they were it was worthwhile and it was purposeful. But I suppose at the time, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where wh- wh- where was the team bought into this, or were they were the, were they doubting at the time
1: that this was? OTT, I would say that there was doubt, and there was doubt coupled with belief. And again, you have 30 odd egos there. Um, I was probably because I was younger, I was impressionable, um, so I was happy to go for whatever it took. And then you've seen guys, and no doubt yourself, and that you're probably saying, Well, You know, we didn't always do it this particular way. You know, why are we doing this. This surely is too much that lads have have lives and everything else um, alongside playing Gaelic football. So, uh, was it necessary at the time? Yeah, absolutely necessary. Has Gaelic football as a whole, to look at the bigger picture, has it it, it reached its, its pinnacle or peak in terms of the training that's been done by top the county players I think it has I don't think it can get any further or go any further but at the at the time when Pat came in with Mickey I think it needed some sort of culture shift needed to be mm. needed to be brought in and I think that, that psychological benefit to the team through the early morning sessions double sessions worked out well have I picked up a few injuries four or five years later from it i, I say I have yeah.
0: yeah and that I suppose that was the third year of their project 2011. Yeah, yeah. When when did you get a sense that the team had turned a corner in 2011? When did you feel this is just something special going on here?
1: Um, when the final whistle went, <laughs> That's scary. <laughs> That's it. The, uh, yeah, like there was... I, I know that... Oh, there, I, uh, it's hard when you're... Like, uh, I, be, I began to not think about the results a lot of the time, and I became so focused in the doing and the process involved, and you know the key performance indicators expected of me as a as a as a centre back, and uh, someone trying to marshal our defence, you know. And um, often we
0: getting to slip into the old
1: triangle when all this was going on. See, I was actually lived a very solitary <laughs> life. I did. I did. I I I I I um, as a, a friend of mine says. Uh, uh, I used to go off to drink six once a year. I'd uh, I'd only drink every second day. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I I'm all about balance. But at that time, I was um, I was living. The, yeah, I definitely enjoyed. No, I enjoyed. You were in the zone, I suppose. I was in you the, the zone, s- yeah. You felt but, there was something special going on. Yeah, something special. But I guess I I got great I got great personal satisfaction through training hard, and I got great personal satisfaction. Through seeing my opponents, direct opponents, either being taken off or seeing heads go down from an opposition forward line when we we're on top. And I also great satisfaction from cheering up our own players and myself when things were going against us. And What about the red mist? The red mist, isn't it? The red mist is, uh, it probably goes back to Sheridan uh two sets of bunk beds with my brothers <laughs> <estuary>. <laughs> in the top bunk, in the top room and uh getting shoes thrown at you and uh, getting a few digs in the head fighting over the remote control more than most kind of brothers But um yeah, I saw a stand your ground sometimes Willow and I I, I I had times through maybe nervousness, certainly starting off I would have had to the the uh the nervous energy when you're, you know, playing in Crow Park uh, yeah, we've in all the early years, have been there and... Sure, I remember watching you, and I think it was against me for the throw of Pat McEnany, gave yellow. <laughs> <laughs> they were going for the ball, eh? Do you Remember that? That's because I'd
0: had a nice chat with him before the ball was thrown in. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I'm super John Bannon, actually. But, <laughs>
1: was it John Bannon? Was it, yeah. But uh, so, yeah, the red mist happens, and I suppose you become emotionally hijacked uh, as the sport. But how did, you,
0: how did you rectify that? You dealt with it? Uh, you, 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 yeah. You became more disciplined. The, the yellow cards. Started today, the will lose a did Yeah. Well,
1: well, I suppose the the gun was kind of put in my head that if you, if you keep uh, pursuing this path, that you'll become too much of a liability, and then you'd be gone. Mm. So uh, that was probably the main reason for changing. I know when Pap brought in uh, Lady Caroline Curd. I think she with the Dublin hurlers now. Um, Caroline, I suppose, is all about sports performance and the the mental side of it. While I uh, personally I've always been content In my own um, Mental preparation um, She would help me uh, With a few Pragmatic tools When you feel like You're heating up Just to re-engage The other side of your brain The logical side of your brain And by doing that then You focus in on Again your key performance indicators, what you're supposed to be doing Did Um, your faith come into it? uh, No, not really no No Nah, when you are on the pitch, or on the pitch, it's 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 war, I guess, isn't it? And um, war within the uh, the boundaries of the rules, but also the the culture of the game too. Mm. Does that make sense? That some things are uh, things you get away to. with, sometimes some you things get away with, some things are set. with like a lad who might get a few red cards playing playing Gaelic games, he could be playing golf and he could hit the ball, um, by accident, and he could say, "I'm with the foul on the ball," because that's the culture of the game. So I think the culture that you're involved in influences how you play and uh I think backs tend to push it as far as they can.
0: So that two thousand eleven final, what are your memories of those last eight to ten minutes?
1: So, um last eight to ten minutes I kinda remember looking up at the clock and saying we're four points down. Um I remember Kevin Mack coming in as well. I remember see what a great goal he got and you know, I think he he may he may have fouled the ball but again you push the boundaries but I was very much again focused in on the uh, the process and what was expected of me uh, while also trying to push on our ring backs at the time and Kevin and James Kevin Nolan and James McCarthy, just to push those lads on to take a bit more of a chance because we were quite a, uh, a structured halfback line and you know but uh, the time didn't, didn't. you weren't afraid, you weren't scared. It was just like, right, we need to try something here. We need to kind of push on a bit, but not to panic and just to keep to the game plan, keep getting uh, the ball to the person in the best position and um, things will eventually happen. But that kind of will to win or that desire never to give up, uh, certainly never left me personally and it obviously didn't leave our team either. You spoke about the final
0: whistle and that being able to battle that 15, 20 seconds afterwards.
1: mm what a great feeling! And I, I guess the belief that well to go back to maybe Clucko's free kick, where as you know when there's a massive crowd there and there's a game on, once the game starts you're kind of tuned into the game and you know it's not often you kind of hear the shouts coming from the sideline. But when Clucko's point went over, my my um, I was nearly jolted with the sounds out of my focus or my the, the zone that I was in. Um, by the sheer noise and ver- ver- reverberation <laughs> around the stadium, but you know I was when he was running back, I was very much focused in making sure that we had our shape, we were organised. There was another player too to go, and that we wouldn't concede at all cost. And then when the final whistle went, I thought it was a free for us or for them, and you were just nearly looking around to organise the shape again and mayhem unfolded. And then it's like wow. Well, we just won in all Ireland I can't yeah. believe it but uh, yeah I've never experienced even compared to 2013 it's not quite the same like because it's the first time right. you know and uh,
0: following that obviously it gave the team great belief great confidence going forward and I know Mayo came in 2012 were we you sad
1: to see Giller go too early
0: in terms of his management
1: yeah like we would have met up in DCU um, when he said he he was he, he wanted to finish on a high but through work commitments he's obviously over in the UK with his job now he he, he just couldn't fulfill the role to the best of his uh, ability so he, he stood aside yeah there was a sense of this is an end of an era there was a real sense of hangover from winning the All-Irelands which carried through to the all Ireland semi-final and there was a real kind of disappointment that we did underachieve and we missed out on a great opportunity to to maybe go back to back, you know. Uh but you know, I, I suppose a new manager comes in and there's a fresh impetus and the experienced or the, the the um the settled players within the first fifteen you have to prove yourself again and you know that's that, that's something which I think players will definitely enjoy too.
0: For two thousand thirteen was a special year, Club and County. Club obviously yeah, cap- yeah. Captain Vincent's to yeah. the all earned Club title so it got better.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it did get better. The you know to win, people often ask you, you know, what's better, the club or the county? And you know, the answer is is, is neither. It's you know, when you win the club, you go into the clubhouse or the the local bar um, or the local school. You know, everyone kind of knows you, and you know them because they've all had an influence on you in some shape or form. And if you don't know their name, you know their face from being around the club. When you win an All Ireland with Dublin, everyone knows you, but you don't know everyone, so it's not the same relationship. The relationship is mainly with your players when you win with Dublin and your families and friends. So the, the club, club is just club a bigger is,
0: change. Club club is more special to you. Yeah,
1: the it's it's I wouldn't say it's more special. The, it's it, 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 it's it's as special, um, but it's more. It's it's just a deeper connection that you have with the people there and. Like Paddy, when I started with Saint Vincent's, Paddy Paddy Doyle, Bobby's brother, was a manager of the team. Another guy, Packle Heaney, and a few others, and these lads would have managed as a kid growing up, and Tony Diamonds, um, so many other managers who have influenced me as a as a player, and and kind of challenged me in many ways, and to see them there to celebrate with them, you know, it's great. Is it? It's a it's a deeper. It's a deeper feeling, but uh, a different, different, different type of feeling, you know. So, and from
0: two thousand thirteen, I suppose one word: frustration. For in terms of the oh, injuries, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: definitely, everything began to take a toll. Um, the I'm
0: interested <clears> in <throat> that in terms of taking its toll. Did you did you feel your your body was under pressure due to the demands of training? Did you was,
1: until, was there something
0: you sensed coming?
1: No, I we were it was the last regular league game in Bali buffet which we drew against Donegal and we needed that win our our point to maybe to qualify for the semi-final of the league um but in the warmer fight i pulled the stomach muscle just gone about 75% and your my my lower rectus rectus muscle which is apparently an I right, don't have, never have to go into <laughs> I've never, I've never seen it before. <laughs> don't give us great, don't give
0: us detail around that one.
1: But anyway, I, I didn't know, I never experienced that kind of injury before. But it was, it was obviously just fatigue related, maybe, uh, not maybe it was. It was, it was a gradual build up of stuff, and I've always but, like was hard. it was uh,
0: obviously the demands of the club and county for that last oh, couple yeah. of years that that played a significant contributor absolutely, yeah,
1: yeah, it did. And you know, from twenty, the All Ireland final in twenty thirteen was the last game I played for Dublin. And But yeah, I was on the panel for another two years mm. Last year But I, I don't include any of those medals That the team mm. won Because I didn't play a minute on the pitch Or barely trained on the pitch with the lads So because we were doing so well with the club And the club, again, it's where you begin and It's where you, you end up You know, you you give it everything for the club as well So I was definitely carrying Knox the whole time But um, Knox, which you could have done with a break To let them heal Would I be retired now? if there was a proper season um, as a whole in place within the GA structure I definitely wouldn't retire from the county I'd still be gone but uh, if, you,
0: if you got that recovery
1: if you got that recovery yeah we'll be uh, definitely still um, what still what would gone. you do to change it to change it oh good question well you I would, first of all it's an interesting one at congress you need to have two thirds of the delegates for a motion to be passed so I'd certainly change that particular rule you only need 50% but then you might need two-thirds of the uh, the Congress to pass the motion which says you only need 50% to pass motions in the future. So a bit of a paradox there but you you would have to shorten the inter-county season. Like, obviously shorten the inter-county season and give more time to uh, the club season and a proper break then come the winter. Um, but so you've got the college game in there as well. It's a, it's a it's a minefield, really. It's it's, it's, mm. it's like there's too many chiefs and not enough Indians, and it's it's kind of it's a the GA is great in that it is a con- consensus model in many ways that everyone has their their say and their influence. Whether it's you know the, the New York County Board or the uh, the Legion County Board or Dublin County Board, everyone has their delegates. But I think there needs to be uh, a visionary who can come up and certainly enforce an an overall playing system. Which ensures that our future players and current students are being looked after um, in a real pragmatic and enforced way because at the moment they're not, unless you have a coach with cop on. And unfortunately, you have a lot so of there's no collaboration. There's at no all, collaboration. Now, from my experience, obviously, i in UCD now. Uh, some of the coaches are great, some of them, uh, minority, are not so great. And I guess every coach wants their pound the flesh of the player. And while you're in that eighteen to twenty two, twenty-three, myself, I think it was I think it was maybe I was twenty eight when I picked up my first serious knock that time up in Bally Buffet. Um up and, up until then I was doing everything, you know, as all the young, younger guys and girls now are doing the same thing. You know, it mightn't hit them straight away, but it will hit them eventually.
0: You struggled through club games mm. um with those injuries? How were you managing to get on the pitch? What were you doing? Were you doing something yourself to get you through games?
1: <laughs> well, the the club lads would say I was the uh <laughs> on the pitch. But in terms
0: of no, nipping I, the pain in the bud for the games?
1: Yeah, nipping the pain. Well, with Dublin, you? I got, you, you got a few injections and painkillers and you followed the best medical advice and obviously resulted in a couple of surgeries, three surgeries, um, which are thankfully healed up now. But with the club, you were... Uh, Painkillers Anti-inflammatories um, And the lead up to a game Like the The county final Against Ballymun I think In in, in the October 2013, 2013 yeah. Like I was crap Like I couldn't move And uh, People might say that's, that's That's been the story Of my career But uh, No I literally couldn't move Physically I was, I was so sore uh, But you were there I guess as a presence And you were captain of the team And I tried as best I could With my limitations and obviously the success, success carried on. So it was a case of if we had a game on the Sunday, um, I'd, do, I'd do the warmth and I'd play a bit of a game with the lads on the Tuesday. I wouldn't do anything for the rest of the week and play the match. I'd do a bit of cycling in the gym. Um, and then at times then I'd be up in the gym doing a bit of cycling, doing my warmth up there. And while the lads were doing a bit of training on the pitch and the game came towards the end of the training, you'd come back down and you get involved then, play for 20 minutes, 30 minutes. you know.
0: So wow. it was usually unenjoyable. And a fantastic career, obviously, winning the the All irelands and the Club All Ireland. Are there regrets
1: that last couple of years that your career couldn't be prolonged? Um, there's not personal regrets, more frustrations with the system, I guess. And it's, it's, it's. I suppose you're in a position now where, you know, it's great to be inside. What's it that saying? It's better to be inside the tent than outside pissing in. Mm. So I'd like to work with the powers that be to come up with a beneficial system for the organisation as a whole. Um, from college to club to county. Um, I think there's some tough questions that the GEA needs to ask of how they identify themselves. Um, like the intercounty is a lee. The club certainly in Dublin is, is kind of about five, six years behind the demands of the Intercounty are certainly what's been put in from my own experience with St. Vincent's. So but still the top teams have significant demands, the top teams going for exactly, double yeah. Championships. Oh yeah, in terms they have massive uh, demand. Mm. So, so I think there needs to be some sort of departure for me into an acknowledgement that Intercounty players at the top level are elite and how they're managed in terms of...
0: And when you say elite, would you be promoting... Them only playing for their counties and not
1: playing clubs. I would, I I I wouldn't say that directly, but I'm thinking of, I suppose, when rugby went professional. I'm not, I'm not, I, and personally, you, you would love to get paid, but you know, it wouldn't work in the GA. It's just too small. Um, but I do think players definitely could be looked after better, but that's another story. But to stay on point, I think there whether there's a system. And again, whether it's it's enforced from the top down that the club knows that their inter-county players won't be available for them for the six months of the year that the inter-county season's on, and for the next four months when the championship is on, that your club players will be playing, and then there's a two-month break, and mm. then that's the system because you're pulling and dragging so much. Now that it's it's it's, it's 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 so tough and challenging for a player mm. to compete. At an elite level with the county, and then to compete with the club, and so managers at club level would have to cop on to ask a guy just to come up, look, just be present, be around, show the face. But most club guys who are playing their county hang around their club friends, so mm. they're in the mix anyway. But I think that the GAA should take the pressure over players' hands and enforce that you know just the, the 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 defined seasons and expectations of when a player should be available for the club. And when they should be available for the uh, for the county. I'm
0: mm. moving on. Uh, last year we we lost a, a great friend, I suppose, and uh, a, a legend of St. Mm. Vincent's and Dublin, uh, Davy Billings, who yeah. uh, we all knew so well. Um, a great supporter of mine, I suppose, and and yours throughout your Dublin career. And to follow in his footsteps in in UCD, big big shoes to fill.
1: Yeah, definitely are, Willow. And again. Anyone I've spoke to in UCD that I've kind of got to meet for the first time, they all speak so highly of, of Dave and, you know, if there's one similarity between the different stories, which certainly relate to our experiences as playing under him, is, I suppose, the kindness he always showed and the time he gave to you. And I think what's prevalent amongst students of UCD is that whether you were playing on the Junior B team or playing on the Tigerson team. Everybody was equal. Everyone, everyone was equal and you were you were given the same attention. Uh, you were helped academically, financially, uh, emotionally. Whatever you needed, you know, Dave was always there for you. And I feel fortunate to have, just for a couple of years, experienced that mentorship through playing with Dublin and to, I suppose, espouse those qualities that they've had and how I tried to treat the students who are there now that's something uh, I'm looking to do to the best of my ability. And uh, are you enjoying the job? It's a great opportunity, definitely, for me to continue to uh, to develop, having spent a large number of years working with post-primary students in, in their own uh, faith and academic and sport and development to move that on to uh, the next level at UCD. It's, uh, it's definitely hugely re- rewarding to see I always go as guys, to see guys and young ladies progress in their in their academics and their careers but also on the pitch as well I um, as to be in that position of influence it is um something that is definitely a privileged position and um it has to be treated uh, as such and I'm just looking forward to the next few years Try to I suppose make the place as uh, uh, as enjoyable as friendly as uh, as a family-filled of an atmosphere as I can in the following days, footsteps.
0: So, all the injuries have cleared up. Um, you're back playing with the club, looking forward to another championship after the summer. But before that, the US is calling.
1: The US is calling, yeah. Um, you know, for years, you're, you're looking at your pals going on G's, J1's, and friends going on holidays during the summer it didn't really bother me. And I guess... I'm looking forward to that experience now, heading over uh, in the middle of July for a few weeks. So I'm going to play with Donegal Boston over there. And uh, yeah, looking forward to the experience more than anything else. A a lot of family and friends living over there, more than most Irish people. And to be able to catch up with them and to to see what life is like on the other side is something I'm certainly looking forward to. Sounds like it's going to be a tough summer there it's very tough summer,
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> well listen thanks for coming in today it's it's been fantastic to to listen to you go over all those great days in the Dublin jersey and the Vincent's jersey and uh, best wishes in the US in the in the summer and uh with the club into the future
1: cheers up.